Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I am Rabbi Noah Bickard, and today we're studying Eruvin, Lamed Chet, Aleph, and Bet. The premise of the Mishnah on 38a concerns the case in which Shabbat and Yom Tov happen on consecutive days. This tends to be what diaspora Jews call a three-day Yom Tov. Mishnah. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Yom Tov HaSamuch LeShabbat, Bein Milefaneha Uvein Milaachareha. Rabbi Eliezer says, when Yom Tov is immediately preceding or coming after Shabbat, Me'arev Adam Shnei Eruvin, a person has to make two Eruvin. We're skipping the question of, uh, of Eruvin on Yom Tov and how that works for the moment. In this case, you have to make an Eruv. And he says, Eruvi barishon lemizrach uvasheni lema'arav. He can make one Eruv, that is for the, the first of these two days, one can be to the east and the other to the west. Or the opposite, barishon lema'arav uvasheni lemizrach. Uh, on the first holy day to the west, and on the second to the east, or this Eruv that I'm making is only for the first of these two days, and in the second of these two days, I'm just like everybody else in my city. Or the opposite, or the Eruv is for the second of these days, and on the first day, I'm just like everybody else in town. Hachamim omrim o ma'arev l'ruach achat o eno ma'arev kol ikar. Either make your eruv in one direction or don't do it at all. O ma'arev l'shnei yamim o eno ma'arev kol ikar. Or make it for one day and don't or don't do it at all. The question here revolves around the status of these two days. Are they considered to be two separate periods of holiness or one long one? One might be familiar with this concept from the two days of Rosh Hashanah, which are considered to be a single long period of holiness. And incidentally, of course, Rosh Hashanah is the only time in Eretz Israel, in the land of Israel, where you can have a three-day Yom Tov. Here, in our case, Rebbe Eliezer seems to be claiming that the two periods are two distinct periods of holiness. That's why you can change your direction for each one of them, or have the existence of an Eru for one and not the other. While the sages think that these two days are one long period of holiness. In this case, I think luckily for us, the halacha follows the opinion of Rebbe Eliezer. However, an interesting question for pet owners arises in the rejected opinion of the sages. Normally, a person is allowed to slaughter an animal on Yom Tov because it is done for the sake of food preparation. On Shabbat, 
When slaughtering is forbidden, that animal is considered muktza, an object which, because, owing to its status of not for Shabbat, is off-limits for touching or futzing with. So what would the sages, who maintain that the two days are one long period of holiness, say about the case when Yom Tov immediately follows Shabbat? If two consecutive days of Shabbat and Yom Tov are considered one period of holiness, what, again, is the status of the animal on the Yom Tov that follows Shabbat? Given that the uh, animal was muktzah on Shabbat, as an animal always is on Shabbat, and given the sages' apparent claim that the Yom Tov which follows Shabbat is still part of the same holiness as that Shabbat, shouldn't it be that we have a very strange case on Yom Tov that that animal should also be muktza on Yom Tov? There's a problem. What do you then do if you want to pick up your dog and walk it? So, this question is the topic of a famous dispute between Rishonim. Ran... Rav Nisim of Gerondi, uh, who lived in the 14th century in Spain, writes on uh, his commentary on Beitza 2a, that according to the Hachamim, an animal is muktza on Yom Tov that immediately follows Shabbat. And on that Yom Tov, even if you really want fresh barbecue, it is forbidden to even slaughter an animal, something that on any normal kind of Yom Tov you could do without any problem. The Ramban, Nachmanides, uh, in his commentary on the Rif, uh, the Milchamot Hashem, in Beitza 31b, he asserts that the Hachamim agree that one may slaughter an animal on Yom Tov that immediately follows Shabbat. And he arrives at this opinion by a, a sort of ingenious halachic method that involves inventing a new halachic category. <clears throat> His logic is as follows. An animal is muktza on Shabbat because it cannot be slaughtered and turned into an edible product. This type of muktza is called muktza machmat isur. It's muhma on account of some sort of pro prohibition. A prohibition prevents use of the object on Shabbat. In such a situation, the object itself does not become inherently muktza. Rather, the object is muktza only because of the prohibition that prevents it from being used. As soon as that prohibition is removed, the object becomes permitted. Therefore, on the Yom Tov that occurs after Shabbat, according to the opinion of the Hachamim, the animal becomes permitted as soon as Shabbat disappears. That is, the Isur, the prohibition, is tied to Shabbat. Even for the Hachamim who think this is one long period of Kedushah, of holiness, certainly it isn't Shabbat the whole time. And as soon as Shabbat disappears, and you do that interesting Havdalah between Shabbat and Yom Tov, as soon as that happens, there's no longer a prohibition of Shrita. This kind of distinction is a good one to hone if you are looking to change halachic precedent. Here I have to remind you that the halacha follows Rebbe Eliezer. So two things. One, once again we see the degree of energy 
uh, expended on account of rejected halachic opinions. We can't read the Talmud as a law code. We have to take seriously even those opinions which are rejected in the text. But two, the Rishonim are able to intuit new halachic categories. This, this, uh, this style of learning is something which is very common in the, in the Lithuanian yeshivot, especially those who follow the brisker methodology of trying to assert that different Rishonim and their different perushim, uh, uh, their different explanations of difficult passages has to do with their thinking about different kinds of halachic categories. Um, nowadays, people tend to make a big deal about identifying these kinds of categories, but they seem to be much less invested in intuiting them once again. And people who are, uh, as I say, interested in changing halakha might do well uh, to learn how to intuit these kinds of halakhic differences to arrive at new ways of reading texts and new ways of applying the halakha to changing times. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.